The Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. Order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Hello, Texas fans. This is the Longhorn Confidential for Thursday, March 5th. I'm Danny Davis of the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined by Mike Craven, the man, the myth, the recruiting legend. Any, mm. Anything else you want to add in there? Not on record, no. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, we're actually coming to an end here. Not of the podcast, but of our position series. Yep. We've um, done quarterback and defensive linemen. That was two weeks ago. Receivers and defensive backs. That was last week. So if you're in the mood to listen to some old podcasts, hook'em.com will hook you up. But today, offensive linemen, tight end. We're going in the trenches today, Mike. Big, ugly. The real talent positions. The real, real skills. The, the real skill sets. The, the big guys, they're overshadowed, but they are... They are quite vital um, to the success of a football team, although tight ends, that's a separate conversation for not a separate day. Yeah, today. We'll, do, we'll do that a little bit later. All right. Offensive linemen, though. We're going to start with them. Um, committed in this 2021 class um, is Katie Taylor, four-star Hayden Connor. Um, we look at the roster and kind of what we're projecting for 2021. You know, Texas, Samuel Cosme will be a senior, although I don't know if he's going to be here. Since he, he gone. Since he flirted with the NFL, going to the NFL this uh Offseason, I'm not sure we can count on him being here in 2021. Willie Tyler uh, would conceivably be a senior. Junior Angelau would be a redshirt junior. Reese Moore, Rafidi Gurmai, they'd be juniors. Isaiah Hookfin, Christian Jones, Tyler Johnson, they'd be um, kind of in that sophomore sophomore range. And then Texas signed a handful of guys for, um, for rec- offensive linemen in this last 2020 recruiting class. Jalen Garth, Andre Carrick, Logan Parr. Jake Majors. Um, when you kind of look at those last four names and some of the other guys, you know, Christian Jones, Tyler Johnson, um, how would you grade Tom Herman's recruitment on the offensive line? Because, you know, a guy like Derek Kerstetter, who will not be here in 2021, but he's going to be a four-year starter for Tom Herman. Um, Samuel Cosme um, has you know, kind of turned into a pretty good find mm-hmm. um, at the tackle position, um, a guy that, you know, originally was uh, going to go play for Tom Herman at Houston. So, I mean, they've had some hits, but Overall, how would you grade how Texas and Tom Herman have done in recruiting offensive linemen, essentially under two with two offensive line coach with Herb Hand and um, Derek Wareheim? Yeah, I, I still think we're probably at an incomplete grade right now, just because unlike the other positions, it, it takes a year to even three before an offensive lineman really gets going on campus. So there's so many guys that we're still kind of waiting to see. And this is going to be the first year to really see all of those guys. Like I'm so excited to see Tyler Johnson, one of the uh, players from the 2019 recruiting class that I thought, you know, was among the you know three best players in that class. You know, other than Jordan Whittington, DeGabriel Floyd, and so he, you know, looks like he's going to be right guard. We've seen Junior Angelau uh, already uh, make an impact, and then that 2017 class that was a transitional class that you know, didn't rank well, and we kind of. You know, looked at and we're like, okay, how's this going to work with Herman coming from Houston? Like you mentioned, he got Kerstetter and Cosme in that class, you know, and he only got here three month, two months before National Signing Day, and so uh, I think he's done a good job with what he's been able to, to do. The next step is to not get those three borderline four star guys like Cosme and Kerstetter and make them, you know, good all conference players, but to get those four or five star guys, you know, like a Tyler Johnson. And see if they, you know, blossom into you know potential first, second round NFL picks and really dominant players that Texas can rely on to to set up the running game. Because like we've talked about, Texas wants to be the bully of the Big Twelve, and that starts with a dominant group up front. 
Speaking of looking ahead to the future, when you look at this 2021 class, we've talked a lot about the talent when it comes to offensive linemen in 2021. Who's the cream of the crop with this offensive line uh, class? Who are the names that you know Texas fans should be like, okay, th- these guys are on our wish list? I think there's four guys in the state of Texas uh, that are really that really separate themselves that are still uncommitted. Donovan, Donovan Jackson's not in this conversation because he's committed to Ohio State, and that's probably not going to change. So Tommy uh, Brockemeyer, James Brockemeyer, the two Brockemeyer twins, sons of uh, Texas, you know, former Texas offensive lineman Blake Brockemeyer, uh, those are the two guys, right? Tommy's the top target at offensive tackle. James is the only player to have a offer at center in the 2021 prospect. So they're pretty much all in there. The problem is Alabama Clemson are really in on the Brock Myers. And if you're looking to go play for national championships, there's definitely one that doesn't fit in that category, mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking at it as a recruit. So it's going to be a dogfight. I wouldn't. I would say to Texas fans that it's not a lock that the Brockemeyers end up at, at Texas, but Herb Hand and Herman, that is their number one priority uh, for this class is to get those guys there. Then it's Bryce Foster, who's a guard at Katie Taylor, the same high school as Hayden Connor. Foster is you know maybe the best true guard uh, in the country. He's ranked as the second best guard in the country. The one in front of him is Donovan Jackson, uh, and he plays tackle in high school. So. Bryce Foster, big bully type offensive lineman, nasty dude, really good at the discus, like Olympic good at the discus in a four years maybe. Um, so he's going to be, you know, wanting to play track and football. And then the fourth guy, and I, I don't know how much Texas is in on on this guy right now, but in terms of talent, Savion Bird from Duncanville, which is where Jaquindon Jackson uh, came from, you know, a really talented six A program up there in South Dallas. Uh, he's really good. He played defensive tackle for most of his junior year because that's where Duncanville needed him. Uh, but he's athletic. He's big. He's one of those high upside offensive linemen. I think LSU is probably the favorite right now, but he is he's one of those guys that in three, four years could be like, oh, man, how did Texas allow him to get away? Does Texas have kind of a home court advantage? Not in the sense of, you know, it's Texas and close to where these guys, you know, are growing up. In the sense that, like, you know, with Hayden or with Bryce, you know, Foster, Hayden Connor is going to be in his ear all the time. He's mm-hmm. going to see him every day in the hallways. With the Brock and they're Ma- boys. Yeah. But the Brock and Myers, obviously, who their dad is, and their older brother is currently on the team. So I'm sure right. those guys are in, in their ears about being the Longhorn. Does that help? Or, you know, in cases like this, do you think the family is kind of hands off, make your own decision? You know, Hayden's, you know, kind of hands off. You make your own decision, do what's best for you. Or do you think they're constantly pestering them, trying to get them to sign with Texas? Yeah, here's interesting. I, you know, the Hayden Connor Bryce Foster one, I think is pretty straightforward. I think Hayden is definitely in his ear. You know, they're, you know, not all teammates are great friends, right? I mean, you, you, you played sports, right? Mm-hmm. You're not close with everybody on your team. Uh, Bryce and Hayden are like attached at the hip. So Hayden is going to do everything he can to get Bryce Foster there. The interesting thing with the Brockermeyers is sometimes too much information can be a bad thing, right? If Luke isn't enjoying what's going on at Texas or if he has, you know, some concerns or if, you know, Blake, the father who obviously knows offensive line play, if he's looking at Texas and doesn't like the scheme compared to what he sees getting developed at Alabama and Clemson, you know, maybe it's one of those things where it's less pressure to go to a different school and kind of get away from that legacy and not you know, feel like you have to be the heir apparent and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think with, with Foster having Hayden having a teammate uh, right there with him that plays, you know, right next to him on the offensive line is a huge advantage. It's still to be seen whether, you know, uh, the Brockemeyer twins have a big advantage within Texas because it could be one of those deals where 
you know, you just want to go somewhere else and make your own legacy, and that could be a deciding factor for them, especially if Texas stays average while Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, those places where they have options to go to, uh, continue to thrive. Now, uh, under Tom Herman, you know, offensive linemen have not played as true freshmen. Derek Kerstert aside, and that was a unique case where Texas did not have a choice. Right. Um, obviously, Sam Cosme, Junior Angolau, they played as redshirt freshmen and started. But typically, Texas has waited a year, want to get these guys in the system, learn how to be college offensive linemen. You put some weight under them, get some, you know, strength and conditioning on them. I wonder, like, nationally, is that something that hurts a Texas with these like big time offensive linemen because other coaches are able to tell them you're gonna have to, you're not gonna be able to play right away? Or is that kind of the case around the country where it's really hard as a kid coming out of high school is able to start right away? at a big-time you know, Power 5 school as a freshman because it's just a whole different ball game, you know, pushing around some you know, scrub you know, defensive lineman from the high school across town as opposed to lining up against someone from the Big 12, the SEC, who's going to be in the NFL in a year or two. Yeah, I mean, think about the transition it is for an offensive lineman. I mean, you can potentially go in, in an eight-month eight span, you can go from blocking a guy who just got his driver's license on a Friday night mm-hmm. to blocking a guy who has like a child and like real prop, like who's 22 years old and a grown man, you know, in, in eight months on a Saturday. I mean, those are just two different things. Like everybody who's listening to this, remember how physically strong you were at 18 and then at 22. Like you just, we were a different person, you know, you grew up, there's old man strength. And so uh, there's only probably two or three five-star offensive lineman each cycle that can really come in and challenge for a spot. Unless it's like what you mentioned where Derek Kerstetter, you know, where somebody comes in and they just need somebody. Um, you know, Kenyon Green uh, started at, at left guard for Texas A&M as a true freshman this year, but Texas A&M needed that. I think it's a sign of a healthy program that you're able to start or you're able to redshirt a freshman. Now, Tommy Bl- Brockmeyer, I think we just we already talked about how Samuel Cosme's probably this is you know this is going to be it for him. Now I think one of the big selling points to Tommy is you know, we need a left tackle. You know you're one of those rare guys that can come in and play right away. Uh, you know you're going to be the heir apparent there. Tyler Johnson seems to be a guard, so uh, he could come in and, and he may be one of those rare unicorns that gets to play right away. And I think that's something that Texas is going to sell to him. Uh, but you want to redshirt these guys because it's just hard to go from being an 18-year-old blocking teenagers to being a 18, 19-year-old blocking, you know, guys with, you know, a, a degree already mm-hmm. in some cases. All right, uh, let's transition out of offensive line talk and go a little bit outside the offensive line and talk about tight ends. Um, Texas, one tight end in this current uh, recruiting the 2021 class. That's uh, Juan Davis, a three-star kid out of Everman. On the roster in 2021, Malcolm Epps is going to be around, depending on whether he is a receiver or they decided, you know, make this tight end thing a, you know, a real thing. Jared Wiley coming off a good freshman year, he'd be a junior in 2021. Braden Leebrook, um, but you know, Cade Brewer conceivably will not be here unless, um, you know, some weird redshirt thing happens. Uh, Jaden Hullaby signed in this 2020 class. So, my question is, Juan Davis. Assuming he signs, does Texas go out and get another a tight end? They did have a commitment from Lake McCree from Lake Travis up the road, but he decommitted. Does Texas look for another tight end, or is one enough in you know the year twenty twenty one? Is one tight end good enough? 
Yeah, I think one is good enough if they can't get someone like Lake McCree or, or one of the offers that are already out in state to join. Uh, Juan Davis, you know, he's kind of more of a Malcolm Epps to where, you know, he could end up kind of a flex option at wide receiver if he doesn't, you know, gain weight and become a better blocker. But the Longhorns really like what they have on campus right now. Uh, you know, Jared Wiley was a man last year and is going to turn into one of the better tight end blockers in the Big 12, if not the best tight end blocker in the Big 12 as a sophomore and uh Braden's a really talented pass catcher that we didn't really get to see much of, of him so I think they like the young room right now and they're going to cherry pick you know Juan Davis is someone who is a really good receiver as a sophomore last year he had to play quarterback so he's kind of flown under the radar as a three-star Everman's not known as this hotbed of talent anymore so uh, probably ends up a four-star by the end of the cycle if he can play uh, his regular position as a senior and then I think they're going to, you know, just stay on McCree. You know, a lot of these guys commit early. You know, Lake McCree grew up 15 miles from him. His first name's Lake for a reason, right? You know, he's like from right here. He grew up a Longhorn fan. You get that Texas offer and you jump on it. And then, you know, all your friends start going on visits and coaches are calling you. And it's like, man, I kind of want to go do that. And so I think some of the decommitment was for that. It was just, you know, he wanted the ability to go look at different places and get out of Austin and see what other things had to offer. Uh, but the Longhorns are definitely going to be in it. So they will add a second tight end if they can get more of a true tight end like him to be part of, of the class. Because right now, Juan Davis is considered an athlete who I, I think will end up being a tight end. But there are you know scenarios where he plays a different position. You know, I'm, I'm curious what the tight end position looks like in 2021 when it, comes, when it comes to recruiting because you look back at you know the charlie strong days i mean they were essentially just finding whoever they signed and moving them to tight end if it was a body that kind of fit the i mean andrew beck was supposed to be a linebacker here right. and you know, turned into a pretty good tight end under tom herman it seems like they've kind of found athletes that they liked and mold them and Cade brewer was a really good receiver at lake travis he signed they told him you know, put on 15, 20 pounds, and you're going to be a tight end here. Well, I think Jared Wiley was a quarterback or something for yeah, Temple. Yeah, played quarterback and so, Temple. You know, it seems like they found athletes with the body type and just kind of molded them into what they see as a tight end, a guy that can block and also run routes in their system. Um, what is Texas looking for when it's recruiting? Is there a, such thing as a true tight end, the guy that we kind of stereotypically think as a tight end, or is Texas t- try, trying to find these athletes like Juan Davis and like we're going to mold you into what we find what we think a tight end should be yeah a lot of this goes back it's kind of like our linebacker discussion last week you know the offenses in in the state of Texas are mostly spread seven on seven offenses so you know in an air raid system that a lot of these high schools ran and what was ran under Charlie Strong you know you just don't have a tight end that's where the slot receivers are Uh, you're trying to spread everybody out and so you know there's you really are looking at big wide receivers that you can add weight to. Malcolm Epps played wide receiver. Uh, Lybrock played wide wide receiver. Like you said, uh, Wiley played quarterback. Before that, he played some wide receiver. So it's really hard to find a hand in the ground tied in because if you're a high school coach and you have a guy who's going to get recruited by Texas, Oklahoma, that kind of stuff, why not split them out, let them you know, play wide receiver and make a bigger impact? So you're really looking for those guys with wide receiver skills that may not have the speed to stay out there and also have that mental toughness to, hey, will you gain 30 pounds and block? And, you know, they found that in Jared Wiley. And so you have to kind of not only get to know them as a, as a player, but get to know them as a person and see if they have the mental makeup for it. And that's going to be the most interesting thing with Malcolm Epps. Is there's no doubt that tight end is his best long-term position. 
it's going to be about whether or not he has the mentality to put his hand in the ground and really do the dirty work uh, that's required from that position. And so you're you're as much recruiting personalities at, at tight end as you are uh, recruiting talent, in my opinion. All right. With that, I think we've put a bow, a nice little bow on this uh, recruiting uh, position series. Um, like I said, if you want to hear our discussion on quarterback and defensive linemen, go back two weeks. Receiver and defensive backs was last week. Mike has written about all of this on in his daughter line column over the past few weeks on hook'em.com. So if you'd rather read, um, check that out. Uh, Mike, what what have you written about in the dotted line this week? Uh, to do well, we took our first look at uh, the Big Twelve rankings. It's a little early, so we were just kind of you know doing a kind of a dive into where those stand right now. Kansas State off to ask, a, Kansas State off to Kansas a good start. State. What's going on? What's going on in Manhattan? Chris Kleiman, you know, I think he, you know, for so long Kansas State was handcuffed because Bill Snyder preferred JUCOs. You know, he just that's what he preferred to do. He he, he knew that the schools around him were probably going to do better in the prep ranks. So you know why why work harder, work smarter. You know, Chris Kleiman, I think, is willing to to do the dirty work on the recruiting trail. So uh, they're off to a good start. Iowa State has Charles White, right, from uh, Austin High. So uh, a lot of a lot of Austin flavor uh, around the Big Twelve. Uh, and then we're looking at. I don't even remember what I wrote. See, that's how uh, that's how busy you are. That's how You're yeah, that's writing, how busy I am. Writing too much, but you know, you can check out that out at hookem dot com. And as, as always, Mike's stuff is best in the business and a lot of good and informational stuff there so hook'em.com for that uh, i think that's it for this podcast so don't forget to shoot us a review at the apple store and the google podcast app we sure do appreciate it thanks for tuning in each week the longhorn confidential podcast is brought to you by zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor stop by neighborhood zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast see you later peace